Have you ever wanted to be a host on an ACA show or be the one calling the shots behind the scenes? Are you in Austin, Texas, or at least Austin adjacent? Well, on Saturday, February 25th, make your way down to the Free Thought Library because we'll be holding open auditions for show hosts and orientations for prospective crew members. For those wanting to be hosts, you'll be able to sit in the studio where our shows are broadcast and we'll put you through your paces to see if you can be one of the new personalities of the ACA. For future crew members, you'll get hands-on experience using the equipment used for broadcast and will help us record the host auditions. If you've ever dreamed of being part of the ACA Productions, then this is your chance to show us what you've got. This event is free. For more information and registration, visit tiny.cc slash ACA Auditions. Welcome to the Atheist Experience. Today is February 5th in the year of No Lords 2023. As stupidest joke I've told all day. I'm your host, Forrest Valkai, and joining me today is Johnny P. Angel. Johnny, how are you doing today? I'm all right. I'm okay with your joke. I'll, I'll allow this one <laughs> terrible joke before I make my own. Oh, I, I believe me, there will be more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, welcome to the Atheist Experience. Thanks so much for tuning in. The Atheist Experience is a product of the Atheist Community of Austin, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to the promotion of atheism, critical thinking, secular humanism, and the separation of religion and government. And gosh, we're so excited to jump right into the show. So I'm burning through this thing as we've got lines like absolutely full of really cool calls that we want to take. So we'll start popping in. Please feel free to call in with your questions, with comments. If you want to talk about religion, if you want to talk about science, this is the place to do it. So so give us a call and and, and tell us what you think. But uh, we're just going to go and just jump right into things. That's cool with you, Johnny, because we got a million people here on the Let's do it. Let's do it. Dope. All right. So we're going to go right away to Frank calling in from the US of A. Wants to know why we don't hold a belief in God. Frank, you're on the Atheist Experience. How are you doing today? Hey, it's amazing to be here. It's uh, grateful to have this conversation with you guys. Let's get into it. Yeah, man. So what exactly do you want to ask? Well, I don't want to ask anything. I actually want to teach you guys that God is real and God does exist. And when you when you try to sidestep God with your ideology, you're actually making a huge mistake, not only for your own salvation, but for uh, the wellness of humanity. Well, there's a lot to unpack there. So why don't we start with just like the smallest thing is I guarantee every single thing you just said, I could talk about it for five minutes. So like, if uh, I don't want to waste all your time. So, um, you know, the, the question that I have on the screen here says, why don't I, we hold a belief in God? Maybe that would be a good place to like jump off from. Cause mm-hmm. like that way you can kind of give us a counter. Is that, is that okay with you? That's fine. You know, I think free will is a big part of that. The, the reason a lot of people don't believe in God is because they have the will to choose to not believe in God. And that's where you ended up where you are. Sure. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I I don't, I mean, I would argue that belief isn't something that you choose. It's something that like kind of happens to you because you're, you, you don't decide whether to believe something is real or not. You have to have a reason. So like for me, 
I need evidence for these things. I, I need a reason to believe that's better than just I want. Yeah. Um, and... to, piggyback, to piggyback on 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 your comment, Frank, can you choose to believe that there's a pink elephant floating in the room with you right now using your free will? Can you choose I have to, that, to believe that? I have that right. Uh, I believe I have that right. But it's sort of plausible belief, I think, is the more important question. Okay, but, but right, for choose? sure. Yeah. So when we talk about creation, right, when we talk about existence, when we talk about things like free will, when we talk about love, when we talk about joy, I mean, the, I feel like the problem with the atheist perspective is that you guys don't, you very, you have a fundamental uh, misunderstanding about what those things truly are. Um, for me, the spirit is a huge part of, of the human experience. And uh, you, let's start there. The spirit. The spirit. So what is what your... What is the spirit? Yeah, what is the spirit? The spirit is the soul behind our flesh that moves us to make the decisions that we make and to do the things that we do. Okay, so what's your evidence that such a thing exists? You know, I'm not going to be able to, like, show you this in a scientific perspective because that's not the way faith and belief works. Um, well, then why does it matter? We're not... Well, it matters because... Um, you, you can't even love someone w without a, an understanding of the spirit. I love my wife very much, and I don't believe that spirits exist. That's fine, but what is love to you? Is it like uh, a chemical swirl in your brain, or is it something more? No, it's pretty much a chemical swirl in my brain. It's, it's, it's a series of electrochemical reactions happening in my head that produce an emotion. She happens to be the only human being in the world that triggers that electrochemical reaction for me that I know of. Who knows? Maybe there'd be somebody else out there too, but like, I know she makes me very happy. And the uh, the behaviors and the actions and the beliefs and the, the the her personality, everything that she displays brings that out in me. And so that's all that is. It's it's a wonderful feeling that, you know, bonds societies. And there's a whole bunch of really cool science behind it. This is something that I can very easily like look to the literature and and pull an understanding of. Um, I don't need any kind of magical thinking to understand that, nor do I need magical thinking to enjoy it. Even if I didn't understand it, something wonderful that I have, I don't need to add this caveat of, and also there's this other thing called the spirit that I have no reason as well. With all due respect, don't you feel like you're missing like a little piece of the puzzle when when you reduce it to, to molecules and, and chemical reactions i mean you know just not even a little bit has lit, who has lived a life not even a little bit no huh? no uh, it, it's it's like when people ask me like you know I, I something that i've heard quite frequently is is you know well you as an atheist you don't see the beauty of like some flower or something like that you know you, don't, you there's this this beautiful rose in this garden and and you don't get to appreciate what it is because you're trying to break it down and understand its molecules but that's my job i'm a biologist that's that's what i do and so I do see this pretty flower and I see its evolutionary history for the past couple hundred million years. I see the, the fact that it's got stripings that reflect UV light rather than the visible spectrum that we can see so that bugs can see it more easily. So it's actually more vivid and more colorful and more dynamic than what I can even see. I see all the chemical pathways going on through it. All these, I see the photosynthetic pathway, whether it's a C3 or a C4 plant or a CAM plant, it's going to have totally different photosynthetic pathways that are going to be spatially or temporally isolated based Based on their environment for several millions of years. I see like all these amazing intricacies of how it's put together, the atoms that go into it, the way those atoms are connected. I see the different parts of the cell and how they work together and how they function and how it builds into its ecosystem. And it's also pretty. 
So I see so much beauty plus the aesthetic. And so when I look at love, I see this amazing story of like how the brain works and how humanity works and how relationships work. And I see like the, the triggering that she does in my brain and like what she does to me. And also it feels nice. So like I, I think that I see so much more. I, if anything, you're missing out. You're missing out on the beauty of, of reality. You think I'm missing out. You don't think it's you. You think it's me. I'm, I, I am teasing you a little bit. But at the end of the day, I don't think I'm missing out at all. No, I think I see so much more and I, I i think i'm enjoying it just as much as you if not more because i also see the background yeah but like part of you know it's not always about enjoying things i mean sometimes you have to do the right thing even if it's a little uncomfortable sure absolutely and, and, and i can make justification for that as well without magic yeah and you and you need magical thinking for that to be the case you don't yeah. think that uh forest has an understanding of the rights and responsibilities that he owes to his partner without a sense of magic to it i i have i have a qualm with you guys uh, describing um, the belief, or uh, uh, we'll call it theism, we can call it belief in God, call it whatever you want to call it, but to call it magic, I think it's, it's not being uh, uh, genuine. We're not, we're not, to be clear, we're not calling the belief magic. We're saying you believe in magic. You're believing in something supernatural that's you know yeah. becoming intercessory into our lives through si uh, means that are not scientifically explainable. That's 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 magic. And my my what I'm trying to tell you is that not everything is is a can be explained through science. And I think that's very clear un unless you disagree. Not. Th there are some things that we haven't explained in science yet. I have yet to be convinced that there isn't anything that can't be explained through science. Yeah, where do you where do you uh, get your basis for saying that it cannot be explained? It sounds like a conclusion. Where, how did you arrive at that conclusion? Well, it, belief, it's the idea of belief. It, it takes a, a, a tiny leap of faith sometimes. Sometimes it takes a large leap of faith, but nonetheless, I mean, belief always takes a, a little bit of faith. Okay, so what? my question to you, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, what is your definition of faith then? It, it's belief. It's the idea that maybe, maybe you don't understand it 100%, but you're willing to accept it. But there so, is evidence to support a particular conclusion, yes? But do you always need, I mean, is that your, your well, worldview that you need evidence for everything that, that well, you know, you're going to believe in life or... Well, it's it's yeah. my it's my question, Frank, that there needs to be some evidence for it, right? You don't just believe things because it's a thing that's believable. Everything that you believe well, let's talk about, is based upon. Let's well, talk you're, about you're evading, Frank. One, you're no, evading the question. No, I'm addressing the question. Let's talk about faith or, or trust, rather. Um, okay. it, it's something that you can't really prove, right? But it's something you believe in. That's that's the whole idea behind trust. Do you trust nothing? So the question then is: Is there any position whatsoever that you could not take on faith i think if you can disprove faith fine go for it but i think you're gonna you're gonna be have a tall order ahead of you well that's not what i asked i asked is there anything at all that you could not believe in based on faith no no faith is not a matter of disbelief faith is faith is a matter right. of belief so for sure absolutely so now coming from a skeptical standpoint like what sort of things could you not believe in based on a skeptical worldview or a scientific world you know the the, the list is as long as you'd like i don't believe in unicorns or, or gremlins or you know the the you know russell's teapot or that the earth is flat or any of these things because i have evidence against these things i have, i i don't have evidence for something existing so i don't believe it exists or i have sufficient evidence that something does exist so i believe that it does like that's the way that i work with everything and in fact i'm 99 sure that's the way that you work 
with everything else as well. It's just in this one area that now you I have this special have set no of faith. rules called faith. I, I you said really, you said I, I have no faith. Dude, I don't want to get into like I don't want to get into this like 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 the way you're addressing this argument. I think it's important to have faith. And and what, why don't why you want to get into the into God. the why Frank? Why don't you want to get into the way we're addressing this argument? Is is it because you don't have a good answer for the way that we're approaching it, and that you want to skip over it and jump back into whatever script or proselytizing you want to get into, or is, is it for some other reason? No. That, that's not the reason. The reason is faith is a, it's a it's a um, it's a very important aspect of the human uh, the human experience, not the atheist experience. Why? The human experience. Yeah. Why is it important? Because that's the way uh, society functions. I mean, when you're driving down the road in your car, you have faith that people aren't just going to swerve into your lane and kill you. Um, I have a reasonable. No, I don't. Ex- yeah. I have a reasonable. I, I absolutely don't. Yeah. I learned. I learned defensive driving. Yeah. I, I make sure to look around and make sure if anybody trust because people have swerved into my lane before. I keep my eyes open for that. I'm not going to just trust everybody on faith. No, absolutely not. Yeah, and Frank, I have a reasonable expectation that most people are going to be trying to drive their car because they are motivated to get to their destination and to continue living. I don't close my eyes and just drive based upon some uh, notion of belief or unfounded faith, as you might put it, because I want it to be so. I have a reasonable expectation that's that's uh, based upon my experiences. And my experience is much the same. I've been in car accidents as well. So mm-hmm. it's it's proportionate to my experience. I know that stuff could hit the fan at any time. And so I put my seatbelt on. I have insurance for my car. I keep my hands on the wheel and my eyes on the road. And I try to maintain speed with the traffic around me. That's not uh, faith. That's, um, I don't know. I don't know what that is. That's just what being is a decent human being. That's just being, in, yeah, then that's being yeah. responsible is what that is. <laughs> yeah, I think that's so. The th- yeah. And that's that's the, the point that I was saying a second ago is that like, you know, you, you don't use faith for most things in your Frank. Like that's, the, I, I don't think that there are very many things around you that you could point to that you just have a blind belief in because you feel like most everything, if I told no, I, you, you know, that- you know, wait, I have to stop you. I have to stop you there for a second yeah. because like that's one of sure. my- like gigantic pet peeves with a lot of religious people, blind faith. Okay. Mm. Faith for me has been something I've struggled with a lot. You know, I had to think about a lot. I had to like look at the science. I had to look at, at the reality. I had to draw my own uh, intuitive beliefs from it. It, it was not sure, something sure. that came to me like I just snap of the fingers. Okay, it was something that I had to struggle with, fight with, and then eventually. Right, but I, I but you I are arguing for something that you don't have actual concrete evidence for, and that you don't have a scientific perspective. So you you are arguing well, we for the idea that DNA at some point, if you guys want to talk about I, if you. If you we, want to we've already been going for 13 minutes. I encourage you to call back when I'm on and talk about DNA with me. I would love to do so. But like, as far as just this one point, which is all we have time for, is that you you are arguing for something that your best answer is, I don't have an answer. And therefore, it must be something supernatural. No, that's not true. And that's not good enough. I think, I think when you look at... Um... You know, when we look at the complexity and, you know, the, the atheist kind of, uh, what do they call it? The red herring, the atheist red herring is, uh, oh, yeah, just because it's complex and we can't understand it. Therefore, you know, uh, theists claim that creation is, but that's not the way it actually works. When you look at the nature of the complexity, the idea that there's a, a language behind this molecule, there's a language behind our, our voices. That's what really drives this idea. I mean, and I think that's a really good, that's probably some of and, the best evidence we have for, for creation. And I have been, 
I have been studying that language at universities for almost a decade now, and there's nothing supernatural about it. So like, just because something seems interesting, it doesn't mean that it's supernatural. It doesn't mean that there's a God behind it. And even if you could say for sure that pick your favorite DNA, human eyes, language, the solar system, photosynthesis, what any random thing that's so amazingly, astoundingly complex, even if you could prove that we have no explanation for it and that the best explanations we have completely just fail to, to, to do anything and that we just have no way of knowing how this amazingly complex thing came into existence, that's not an argument for creationism or for God or for belief or any of that. All you could then say is, I don't have an explanation for this. And then you have your whole work cut out for you trying to go find one. Because when you have an explanation for something or a proposed explanation, you need evidence to back it up. So like our explanations of biodiversity, of evolution, of the origin of life, of DNA and language and whatever else you want to point to, our explanations of those things are based in the evidence that we have. If we had different evidence, we'd have a different explanation. Your basis of what you're saying here is this is so amazing, it must be magical. And that's just not good enough for a belief system. That's actually, you're doing the red herring thing again. Like, um, there's I just repeated you what you said. Scientifically, and that, that that's doesn't matter. I, okay. I just explained why that doesn't matter. Okay. Yes, we can explain it, but even if we couldn't, that isn't an argument for God. You have to do the work of so proving this God exists and then prove that it can make things like DNA, and then prove that it did make DNA, and then start proving how. Those are the steps you have to take to, 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 to get me to believe in this God if, based on like DNA or whatever. Like You can't just say, you don't have a good explanation, therefore you have to go with mine. That's not how science or thinking works. You're diminishing. You're diminishing life, and 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 in this kind of kind of simplistic context, where you know it's like you're looking at a computer, basically. And you, yeah, you can understand how the transistors in there, and the you know the RAM and the processor and the and the hard drive all kind of work together. But you're you're forgetting the bigger picture, which is that life has a purpose. That a computer was designed with a reason and a purpose. And I think if you're going to look at it, look at it like that, then I think that's a good place to, to maybe start for an, an analogy to try to get you guys on the right track um, so this this will be this will be the last thing is we're, we are running out of time with this call you said just now that life has a purpose why do you believe that what evidence do you have for that i think that sounds horrible i don't there's believe something? there's a purpose for life and i certainly don't want a purpose for life that sounds awful so like what makes you think there's a purpose for life what makes you think there isn't we're just to play devil's advocate fr fr from where would we derive such a purpose what what does that even mean to say purpose? Do you, do you mean do you mean like like that there's like a function or do you mean like there's an intention of life existing? Like somebody made life on purpose to do a thing. Yeah, like why is that so hard to believe? Because I have no reason to believe that there's a god and even if there was a god, I wouldn't worship it because any god that would run a world like this is clearly a monster and also because I don't want to be told what to live for. I don't want to be born in a situation where I have a purpose that sounds hideous to me to have my my whole life, no freedom, no choices, no nothing for me. Just no matter what I do, no matter what I try, it's all for this intention that somebody else set out for me before I was born. That that sounds hideous. I, that that's awful. But again, that's not an argument against it. It's just why I think it's shitty. Like at the end of the day, I just don't have evidence to believe that it's real, so I don't. 
Yeah, and I noticed that, Frank, when we asked what your evidence was that there was a purpose, um, you flipped it. I and wanted asked to get us, into the D- DNA molecule, but you guys, you guys don't want to talk about it. You guys don't it want to talk about it. We don't have time for it. Yeah, it sounds like you want to do a lot of things, Frank, but every time we ask you a question, you just flip it and ask us a question in return. That's kind of not no, how it no, works. No, I was ready to answer I mean, you, you've got, question, but you, you okay, don't so why do you, why do you think that there is a purpose? Why do you think that there is a purpose? We said why we don't want there to be a purpose. I certainly don't want an overlord slave master. But apparently that's mm-hmm. more appealing to you. But why do you think that there is a purpose? All right, well, well, well let's start from, the, from you know, wh- what does it mean for you? What, what is purpose? Again, you, you? You, asked, you asked a question. Yeah. I'd like to hear what your answer well, is. Well, if we're going to argue about purpose, we need to define it, I think is what, what I'm asking. Dude, what? we've been on this call for yeah. 20 minutes and I've got a million other callers waiting. So yeah. like, I'm trying to just, we got to get an answer out of you because like, yeah. like Johnny just said, every time you ask us a question, we give you an answer. And every time we ask yeah. you a question, you ask us another question. Frank, you're good. You're good and squirrely no. when it comes to answering questions, but don't think that it's not seen. Go ahead and answer the question or we have to move on. All right, what's your question? What evidence do you have that life has a purpose? We need to talk about the, the DNA molecule. We need to talk about the way it's, it's, it's a structured language. In the beginning, there was the word. This is John 1.1. I have, I have, I have so. studied the DNA molecule. It's not a great language for some for a few reasons, and also there's no reason to believe that it's supernatural whatsoever. It it actually shows clear evidence of evolution written into your DNA, and I use written here as an analogy, not like there's actually some. I feel I should be clear. So like Careful. the you know DNA is absolutely not a good evidence or argument for a creator if you study DNA. You don't think so? You don't think it's a four character language? Very much no. Okay. Well, what's your evidence for that? Why you said you sit here and judge me about evidence? You said that DNA isn't a forebearer to language. I need you. Is that what you're at? There, oh, because man, you, we can't. You, is DNA not a language? Is there not a word it's, there? I mean, you you could colloquially you could colloquially call it a code, but like the way DNA is like actually functioned into like the way that it does a thing is through transcription, converting DNA, reading DNA to make an RNA molecule. Then that RNA has to mature; it has to be have exons cut out, cut out and then introns spliced together, um, and then that mature mRNA then has to be translated into a protein in sets of three codons that correspond amino acids and like this it's this hierarchical step-by-step process it is a biochemical process it's not a, a, a language in reality that's just an analogy it's a way that we describe it same way with saying that like a code it, it's just an analogy it's not like there's actually like a set digitized sequence where you have this exact thing like it's it's a very complicated uh, 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 system but it's not a precursor to language it's not a language in and of itself um no that's not how that works are, are you like a you, you said you're a biologist right yes i've i've i've, st- I have multiple degrees in biology i'm currently finishing my master's in bioanthropology i, I study and teach biology for a living well, um when god said that he created men and women separate are you going to so do you have a biological argument against that? That is a completely different thing and we are 23 minutes into this yeah, call. It was so a little bit of I, a, I understand yeah. it. If, if you'd like, Frank, you are welcome to call back in anytime that either Johnny or I are on and continue this conversation, but like so far we've been going 23 minutes and we haven't gotten anywhere. So I'm going to move on to the next caller, but I appreciate you calling in. Please right, if you want to continue talking about any of this, call Thank us back. Thank Take you. care. Thanks, that went nowhere slowly. Uh, um before we move on to the next call, uh, 
if you would like, if you like what we do here uh, at the Atheist Experience, you like to support us. There's a few ways you can support the Atheist Experience and the ACA as a whole. Um, you can become a member of this channel for as little as 99 cents a month. Um, just click the join button down below this video, and that'll give you access to special chat emojis. Everybody in the chat, please throw out some of those special chat emojis. That would be really cool of you. Uh, show everybody what they're missing out on. The Atheist Experience is also just one of the many shows put on by the ACA. So make sure to check out some of the other shows as well. There's Secular Sexuality on Thursdays um, with the in incomparable uh, uh, Christy Powell. Uh, there is uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, Truth Wanted uh, live on Fridays uh, with with uh, the amazing Objectively Dan, uh, and then we have our Sunday shows, which is Talk Heathen at 1 p.m. Central, the nonprofits right before this one at 3 p.m. Central, and you can also support us on Patreon at tiny.cc/patreonaxp. Those are all things that you can do to support this channel, this show, and all the other shows that come along. With. Um, and with that. We've got, oh my God, we have, we have a huge amount of callers. Um, but I'm going to kind of piggyback off of that last one because we've got another one that sounds pretty cool. And, and I think we were just kind of on it a little bit. Uh, we've got Mark uh, from New York. Pronouns are he, him. Wants to talk about intelligent design. Mark, how are you doing today? Hey, what's going on, man? Um, how are you? I'm, I'm having a fantastic day. I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yes. You know what? Let me, let me uh, not watch the YouTube channel and listen to it on the phone. Like I, was directed to. <laughs> I appreciate you appreciate figuring it. that out before we had to tell you so many people where I'm like, I can hear um, myself 80 times. <laughs> yeah. So actually it's, it, you know, I did want to talk to Forrest um, about uh, something and it's Johnny. I don't think we've ever uh, spoken before. I'm not sure if you, uh, if you also have a uh, background in biology. So, oh, I certainly don't except for being a biological organism. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, that experience. So far as we spoke, um, uh, it was maybe like a week ago, and I mentioned um, we were discussing an intelligent design and uh, the origin of life research that's okay. been going on, and, and sort of um, I mentioned Dr. Tor to you. Um, okay, uh, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, what's been going on, um, and I think it's helpful because I think um, sometimes it, it, you need to, in order to like get the truth to come out, you need to have people, you need the adversarial context for that to happen, and and um, you know, which is I think how the scientific process is supposed to work. But but sometimes like the uh, there's there's somewhat of a dogma that 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 happens within science and um you know certain uh certain things kind of become taboo and uh people within the scientific community who 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 hold views that are kind of on the periphery of, of the consensus position like um often have to like kind of get through that that uh that logjam um and i think it there's just like a history of that happening like even when you just look back in the 20th century like in in, in physics and cosmology like there eventually the truth does come out but um it, it often is like a, it's a it's often like a winding path for, for that to happen um and it, i think in particular like what's happened uh with the, with the intelligent design uh hypothesis is that they've kind of been somewhat um i don't even know they've kind of been ostracized like there's uh yeah. people who have submitted like Stephen Meyer, Stephen meyer like uh published a paper in one of the journals that the smithsonian publishes i forgot what it's called and the and the editor of that journal basically got like fired his entire career was destroyed because right do you know do you know why that's the case though 
Do you know why people who promote intelligent design are ostracized and why those papers don't get published and when they do, it's a bad time? Why? It's because intelligent design is not a theory. It's it's just religion playing science. It's 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 the newest way of saying creationism that sounds almost scientific, and it's something which has no scientific basis. The entire intelligent design argument is, I don't have a way of explaining X, therefore God. And it and that that's it. And like I said to the last caller, even if you take, you know, Stephen Meyer and Michael Behay and and James Tour and all these other people who many of them are, you know, very like all three of the people I just listed have PhDs in in some sort of science or another, except for I think, I think Stephen Meyer does philosophy of science, whatever whatever it is. Um Right. These are educated people. Um, they're not dumb, but their whole job is to say, I don't know how this happened, and therefore my Christian my Christian belief system is founded. And that's not how scientific thinking works. And they of all people should know that very well. Um, so whenever you have these people trying to promote their their belief system, the reason why it doesn't go over very well is because that's not how you structure any argument ever in science. Even if they could prove entirely that evolution made no sense whatsoever, that there was absolutely no explanation for the biodiversity that we see around us, then all they would be able to say is, I have no explanation for biodiversity. If they wanted to prove God and that there's this creationist or intelligent design idea, they would first have to prove that this God exists, then prove that it did create everything, then prove that, it, or I should say, prove that it can create everything, then that it did, and then start talking about how. So, like, when you put your God on my dissection table, we'll talk. But until then, all you have is, I don't get how this works. Therefore, I have a better explanation. And it happens to be the exact one that I was born into and raised to believe in the right interpretation of the right translation of the right book that's been interpreted and translated for the past 2,000 years. And I got the right one. And it's just not a scientific argument at all. That was a lot to process. Well, What's think... your response to that? <laughs> okay, so my... <laughs> So my response to that is that it's, there's a very fine line. I agree with Forrest that they, they're they really riding up against what I, I think I don't agree. I'm trying to be objective, and I, I do believe in God. I want I sort of want you know more in their camp, and I want them to to be right. But I'm I'm really trying to be objective, and I and I think like with the way Stephen Meyer approaches the issue, I think it goes right up into the line. But I don't really think it's fair to call what he's doing like a pseudoscience, like to just lump him in with the creationists because he really is careful in tr what he what Meyer's approach is is that he and he basically took this from Darwin where Darwin was looking back historically to try to postulate a cause. And his method was, if you're trying to um, basically come up with a cause or an event in the distant past, what you could do is look at uh, causes that are in a, in uh, in that are present, like present causes that are known to produce the same effect as the cause that you're you're trying to explain uh, for that that distant event. And so this was like in the Origin of Species. I'm probably not doing a great job of describing it, but uh, Meyer like exp explains this by basically saying like a kind of a light bulb went off for him, and he just he he's taking that same approach that Darwin used used for uh, for evolution and applies right. it for intelligent design. Um, so and, two you know, things. With, Number one, you you're talking about like you're 
you're talking about that that there's there's this cause you know that you can see reproduces the same results over and over and over again what results do we right. have from this god that we can prove no so like okay so like for example there's a there's a really interesting interview with, with richard dawkins um ben stein interviewed him for this movie and uh he, he asked him this question are you talking about uh, expelled uh, Expelled exactly. Ben Stein's movie where exactly. he compares teaching evolution in, commu- in colleges to the literal Holocaust. <laughs> no, I, I, I actually didn't. I didn't. I didn't hear that part. I mean, I, I don't remember that it's, part of the movie. There's a there's a part of that. Yeah, movie it's right at the beginning. Interviews Dawkins. Oh, it is. Wait, he compares mm-hmm. what? He's, he, compares he compares the fact that universities evolution. force professors to teach evolution and doesn't allow them to teach creationism to fucking Nazis. That's like how he opens the film, if I remember correctly. Okay, well, that's crazy. I mean, that that I, I can't. Yeah, I, that, that sounds crazy. But he he interviews Dawkins, and at one point, Dawkins basically says, like, no, it could it could it could be like a space alien, like the panspermia hypothesis. So mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be God. It's the the intelligent design like argument is not like a theistic. It's it's consistent with theism, but it doesn't say like you know the Christian God did it. It's just saying there was design, and we you know kind of pushes it back to saying like we don't know who the designer was. It could have right, been but like I think you're other- I think you're putting way too much credit to the word could. It could be aliens. It could be a god. It could be that this whole world is a dream that I'm having right now and that I'll wake up in a few minutes. It could be that this is a video game I forgot I was playing that's very realistic. Could doesn't mean probable, likely, any of that. At the end of the day, you know, all of science could be an illusion that was created by Satan, that he put the light at just the right distance to make it look like the universe is as old as it is. And he put fossils in the ground to make us believe it. Like, sure, why not? But like, that doesn't mean that's a reasonable thing to believe. There could be gremlins in my attic instead of mice. But I don't believe that. No, absolutely. You need epistemic warrants for your beliefs. Like you, you can't, it doesn't, it's not enough to just say like something is possible and therefore like, I mean, that's not a reason to believe something. I'm just saying like, because just bringing it back to what we were talking about, like Meyer took Darwin's approach and tried to ap- apply it to like the origin of life. And like, you know, in response, you said something about like, well, how do you know it was God? And I was just basically saying like, he wasn't saying like this was God. He was just, the argument is just like there's a designer um and 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 that you know one of the inferences like it's like a like an abductive argument like which you know there's multiple competing hypotheses like one could be evolution it could have been um you know the process of, of random mutation and and all that and this is an alternative hypothesis and you know i haven't read meyer's books but the way i understand he goes about it is that he looks at like what is the probability like of when you look at this like the the probability sort of of like the search space of like the what this is something that the prior caller was talking about like when you have like the dna molecule and that i guess number one like there is this challenge for evolution which is like what is the origin of biological information like where does that information originate from and do you have an answer for that forest or yes so when you talk about <laughs> biological information i'm assuming you're talking about like nucleic acids right yeah yeah we find so dna and rna are made of five nitrogenous bases adenine thymine guanine cytosine and uracil we found literally all five of those on meteors in space they self-assemble by themselves they don't need magic to do that 
and they polymerize and chain together by themselves. They don't need magic to do that. And also, depending on which one you're going for, I'm a big fan of the RNA world hypothesis. RNA can work as both genetic information and also as a catalyst for lots of biochemical reactions. So it would be not only the information carrying molecule, but also the thing that's causing a lot of life to happen. Case in point, when you know, I talked about DNA transcription and translation, you transcribe DNA into mRNA, that's the messenger RNA that goes out and encodes for a protein. mRNA is read by a ribosome. Ribosomes are made of RNA, rRNA. <clears throat> Those ribosomes then connect to transfer RNA, which bring over the amino acids to build the protein. So RNA tells RNA which RNA to connect to build the proteins. Um, so like, yeah, this is all stuff that you can do in a jar. None of this is magical. Well, no, it's, well, the, but, the, but the, the issue is that the origin of life, like, I mean, when they looked at the cell, like when you have like, like, for example, like this is, again, I'm not somebody who's like, who's very knowledgeable in this field, but when you looked at the Miller-Urey experiment from the 1950s, where they tried to basically replicate like some of the prebiotic conditions on, you know, on the early earth, there's, there were so many, like, if you look, that was in the 1950s. And if you look at like right. where we are now, like generally science, like, you know, inches forward, Towards, it makes progress. It's incremental progress. Sometimes it's slow, but it usually moves towards the goalpost. And what seems to be happening in this field of research is that they, they're actually making like reverse progress. Like they've d discovered that the cell is so much more complex than we ever imagined. And they're nowhere near, like, it's not like they've gotten closer to describing the origin of life. It's they're further away from describing the origin of life because as they keep learning more, in this area, they keep realizing like the difficulty of life originating through purely, you know, random processes. Now it's either we know life. That's not true. So why do you say that? Like for the RNA world hypothesis, for example, like that's been, that's been out for a while. Like that was like 2005, wasn't it? And I don't so, think like, here's know, the thing like, is that number one, Yuri and Miller did their famous experiment. Yes. In the 1950s. And they showed that amino acids self-assemble from very basic ordinary chemicals you find all over the universe under remarkably mundane conditions. Um, that was also 70 years ago. And we've done a lot of other things like that since then, which have consistently over and over shown that not just amino acids, but all of the basic building blocks of life self-assemble under remarkably mundane conditions. Um, so like, for example, we just talked about the five, you know, uh, nuclei, uh, the five nitrogenous uh, uh, bases of nucleic acid. We have all the amino acids here. We've also found amino acids on asteroids in space. Um, you know, the things that make lipids, there's four major bio biological macromolecules, nucleic acids, proteins, lipids, and carbohydrates. So nucleic acids and proteins we've covered. Um, lipids and carbohydrates made of uh, 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 fatty acids and sugars, respectively. Again, self-assemble. Again, we found them in space. And also the way that all of those things chain together and polymerize is not a mystery to us. So like, even if, like there are certain gaps in our knowledge, because you're right, we have found that things are very, very complex. And there's certain things that we don't understand yet. But like, we have step one, step two, step three, we're missing step four, and then we have five through a hundred. And so like, if you want to say, well, you don't have step four, and that means that's God, 
what are you going to do in 20 years when we find step four? Because right now you're making the same argument that was made 30 years ago when we didn't have step seven or eight either. And then we found those. And then you're like, but step four! And like, that's that's just not good enough. And that's why, again, intelligent design is not a theory. It's just, I don't know how this works, therefore Jesus. And that's not that's not science. I want to pop in real quick, uh, Mark. Please you do. Said, I feel like I've been said, talking this whole time. No, it's it's good. I'm not a scientist, uh, nor do I <laughs> pretend to be one on YouTube. But I can tell you this: something that you said, Mark, that stuck out to me 50 to 90 hours ago yeah. when we started this call was that you wanted <laughs> you wanted to believe the intelligent design community were onto something. That you had it sounded like you had a vested interest in that being uh, sort of the underdog uh, rising to the top and coming to this to the fore of the scientific in some way and to me that that said a lot and i knew that there was a lot of science and so forrest is is certainly the man for that why do you want that to be the scientific consensus what is your personal motivation for that being the prevailing um uh theory for uh life uh, that's a very good question um i mean um, I mean, I, I can, I really don't know, actually, like, that's, that's a great question. I mean, some of it is, is like, honestly, like some of this gets somewhat tribal where like, you know, like people who are on one side where you're defending like claims and sometimes like people on the other side who have, who have like an opposing view, um, you, you kind of like, you don't, I mean, I'm competitive. And so like, I want to win, yeah. I want to be right. I want to win the argument. And so like, you know, yeah. if I think God exists and this is like a, sort of metaphysical theory slash I know Barthes don't want to call it a scientific theory but um, to the extent you know it falls into that category like it's something that is consistent with the God hypothesis and so you know I'm kind of hoping okay, so that's correct if it's you're not, hoping that's correct Mark it sounds like you're motivated through some sort of uh, personal identity it sounds like you have put your put your flag on the ground of theism you put you staked it out and you say this is my position this is my side and I'm going to defend it, and I have a personal motivation for this being the truth. And I would suggest that maybe if you could let go of the tribalism that you have identified, if you've let go of that sort of egotism or egoism, I can never remember which one's which, and just look at the look at the at the the study look at the, the how the science is progressing look at it not in terms of working backward from a conclusion but following the evidence where it leads instead of just trying to fight to win you might get at a different understanding of the world and i'm not saying that that's necessarily the the non-believer in god's position but i am but but i'm also saying that you're spinning your wheels trying to justify your side winning maybe just let go of that and yeah. And try another try another no, method. I, mean, you're right. I know. I, I, I've said that I mean, I'm sorry. I did that. I used that one already. I know. I'm sorry. Go on. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, like, you're right. I mean, we have to. Self deception is always like the biggest risk that we're just deceiving yeah. ourselves into believing something, you know, that's like. So Mark, I totally agree yeah. with you. Mark, I don't know. I don't know um, any of this stuff. Somebody in the chat right. said, oh, Johnny knows this stuff as well as Forrest. No, he doesn't. I don't know. All I can tell you is that I've never been convinced of a God 
Clint. It's always shoddy evidence. And you and Forrest can can talk about all this amazing discoveries, not through the process of theology, have we have we reached this, but by close investigation of the actual world around us. We have looked at DNA and we've looked at biological processes and physiological things that are going on. Yeah, I sound like a real noob because I, I don't know any of this stuff. But I can tell you, your exp- your position that a god done it has less explanatory power than we don't know. And we're kind of spinning wheels here. And, and another thing, last thing I'm going to say, and I think I think Forrest is going to want to take us someplace else. You haven't read the work of the people that you're citing. Don't you think that might be something you should do before you call an atheist call-in show? Um, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I haven't read the book, but I've absorbed the material through like lectures and, and like, you know, listening to them speak. And so like, but no, absolutely. Like that's something right, I plan right, on right. doing. I have other books, you know, like on yeah. my list. And, and I think it's, I think it's through, I mean, the reason I'm calling is because like, I want to test the veracity of my beliefs and, right. you know, just talking to people you that hold the same beliefs as you do, like you're not going to yeah. do that probably as effectively. Yeah. Um, but you know, cause I know you guys want to talk to somebody else soon. Um, yeah. uh, I was just going to mention um, that Dr. Tor is not actually an intelligent design advocate. Um, he is associated with the Discovery Institute, but uh, because of the reasons that Forrest mentioned, like Dr. Tor basically said, like, I'm a synthetic chemist, he's an organic chemist, and he's basically like, intelligent design doesn't give me the tools in which to measure like whether, like, there, I guess he, he kind of has like a testability issue with it from like a, from a, he's wearing the hat of a chemist. So he doesn't He's not an intelligent designer, but what he's doing is reviewing the work of people in the original life community and sort of like, I don't want to use this in a pejorative way, but he's kind of exposing them because they're really making these like, he basically puts it as like they're deceiving people. They're, they're making these claims that are just so broad and unsubstantiated. And then when you like, when he gets into reading the papers, he's like, he spots all these issues. And so part, this is all kind of going on right now like over the YouTube uh, channels where um, he's putting out a series of videos. Um, and I would just, you know, I would encourage not just you two gentlemen, but just the, the listeners of the show to uh, engage with that material just as, you know. And we also, I would encourage everybody listening to go listen to other professional PhD chemists who have come out against everything that Dr. Tour is saying and like call them out for, for you know, not actually Absolutely. teaching. See, I'm not a chemist. So I don't propose to like tear into Dr. Tour. I can tell you that when I took organic chemistry in college, uh, Dr. Green did not need to rely on anything that Dr. Tour was saying to make sense of his arguments. So shout out to you, Dr. Green. You were the best freaking chemistry professor ever. Um, but with that, we're going to move <laughs> on because I'm not trying to make this show just a, a, an advertisement for James oh, yeah. Tour. But uh, Mark, feel free to call back anytime. We'll talk more about why why oh, you know, well, life well, doesn't thanks, need a biological right, explanation. Thanks, Take care. Thanks, Mark. Bye-bye. So really quick, uh, we've got, before we move on, we've got a couple of things. I've got a bunch of announcements, and then we also have a bunch of people who are uh, putting in super chats, and I want to mm-hmm. read some of those really quickly. Uh, so I'm going to go through the super chats very quickly, and then I'm going to go into an announcement very quickly, uh, and then we've got a promo to show you, and then we're going to move on to the next call. We got it's, it's a busy, it's going to be a busy in-between time here. We've got <sighs> a lot going on. So, 
First of all, uh, we've got uh, uh, Mike L.A. Whaley says, uh, it's calling talking about the first caller, his God knew that we would deny his existence and yet punishes us for eternity for something that it already knew, right? That's one thing that bothers me about this whole idea that God is all-knowing. So then this God knew that I would be an atheist and knew that I would go, go to hell, and that's still part of the plan. So this God makes humans with the intention of sending them to hell. The purpose of my life is to go to hell. What? Um, uh, we've got the stop motionator, uh, says, uh, Forrest, what's your opinion on the romanticism, uh, when talking about science? Uh, it's a useful tool to get people interested. You shouldn't put it in a paper. Um, don't, don't write, if you're doing scientific research, don't write about how cool something is. But when you're talking to an audience, absolutely tell them so that they become scientists too. Um, Mike L.A. Uh, Whaley says, uh, apologist zero, atheist one. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, then we've got, let's see, we had a couple more. Here we go. Uh, Brian Alaspa. Uh, man, I learned more listening to one minute of Forrest than all my years of science in school. Thank you very much. It's very kind of you. Quit talking about me in the super chats. Uh, you got a uh, Western New York Bigfoot investigation group says, I wish I had Forrest a science teacher when I was a child. I've been talking too much this episode. If all these are about me, um, I'm an old man now, but I've learned so much more about, uh, from him about biology and evolution. Thank you very much. That's incredibly kind of you. Um, and then James Gall says, solve step four, but what about step 201? Exactly. Now you're starting to think like a creation. Um, and then we've got, uh, there it is. Here's my pop-up boy. Um, we've got a quick promotional thing to show you because I want to tell you that the ACA hosts uh, several other shows other than the Atheist Experience, including the Nonprofit Secular Sexuality, Truth, One Didn't Talk, Ethan. And if you didn't catch those shows from last week, then here's a taste of the things that you probably want to go back and watch. Like, is there a swimsuit competition? I, I know it's not Imagine Miss Universe. like four days of amazing gay leather pageantry. Yes. And I'm talking like down home. Doing it. Down home, Texas pageant, plus bear, plus gay. <laughs> <laughs> and they were trying to reconcile modern quantum physics with um, Eastern mysticism. Okay. And they did a really good job of it. Right? Mm. I mean, it was all bull****. Right? <laughs> But Wait, so why did they do a good job of because, it? Because they made it sound reasonable. Okay, so in our second segment, uh, just like Richard said, we're going to be traveling down to 1950. I'm, I'm hearing from our producers it's actually Florida in 2023. Hard to tell the difference, my bad. And they have to be match up perfect. Okay. And when I'm looking at those two things, they match up perfect. Wow, that's great. Well, that's wonderful. I, should go to, I think you should tell NASA and then... Come back to us. I'm not telling anybody. I'm not telling anybody. But you're, what you're telling, why us? Are you telling us? Thanks. Thanks, Mark. I will, guys. Talk to you later. Come by. He called me young. I I wasn't going to say, really, young. Can you provide some evidence of that claim? Because I don't see. <laughs> Right. And now with that, we're going to jump right into the next call because we've got, oh my God, we have like six, now we have like 15 people in line here. I'm trying to get yeah. through as many as we can. We're not going to be able to cover everybody, yeah. but we've got somebody who's been waiting for like an hour and I want to get them on here. Uh, we've got Mike from Florida, uh, no pronouns given, says your arguments about Christianity are wrong. Mike, how are you doing today? They're wrong. Hey, I'm doing good, man. How are you guys doing? Great. I'm all right, dude. Finally Thanks for calling through. in. So what specifically did you want to talk about today? I'm sorry you had to wait so long. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. You know, like I said, I'm a Christian. You know, I found out I was theist by watching your show. I didn't know they had a name for it. I've always been a Christian. I thought that's what it was. You just believed in God. I just found out I was a theist. Yeah, yeah. Something. 
Yeah. Yeah. It turns out there's I lots of gods to believe show, in. But, uh, yeah. Uh, no, there's only actually one, believe it or not. Oh. And that, that's one of the reasons you're a Christian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you, you go. Believe that. Yeah. So yeah, our exactly. arguments against Christianity. <laughs> I guess I, I guess my point would be that uh, God is real. Most definitely. Jesus is real. The Holy Spirit is real. And the devil is real. And uh, I guess that's why I said you guys' arguments are wrong. Okay. All right. So what are our arguments? Yeah, Give simple. us one of our arguments. Well, you say it doesn't exist. Well, I see. I heard you one time. You made an argument that if God did exist, he was such a terrible person. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. If, if yeah. Even yeah. if you could prove God is real, I yeah, still wouldn't worship him. Yeah. I heard on one of your tapes you say that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Even if you could prove this God is real, I have no interest in it whatsoever. Yeah. I got you. Why Why do you say that? Uh, for a lot of reasons, actually. I, I guess I'm um, kind of like curious it, to know what the atheist position is. Why is there such a, uh, I don't know, how can I put this, a hardness towards the uh, well, existence you, of God? If you want the atheist position, I can give you that. Uh, if you're asking just my personal like <laughs> set on it, like the atheist position is simply, no, actually, I have no evidence for this. On it, like, that's, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll wrap them both up really quickly. I'll be as succinct as I can, because I want to make sure, I, I know Johnny's probably got a lot to say about this too, um, is that uh, you know the, the atheist position overall is simply that we don't believe to God. And and there's a few ways right. to do this, and there's a lot of different weird language, just like with you know, theism, like there's a million different ways you can explain this and co uh, classify different types of atheists and things like that. But really what it boils down to is if I tell you that there's an elephant on the other side of this bookshelf, you can either say, yes, there is, no, there isn't, or I don't believe you. Right. If you say, yes, there is, or no, there isn't, you need evidence to back that up. You're making a truth. You're making a statement about something in reality. If you just say, I don't believe you, then you're waiting for me to give you the evidence, right? It's like if I told you I had red lobster for dinner last night, you probably don't need much evidence. If you wanted some, I could show you a receipt or something, you know what I mean? But if I tell you I can fly, then yeah. you need more evidence than just, you know, a pair of like, you know, windproof sweatpants or whatever. Like, yeah. Fly every day like I order red lobster. Exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. And so that's how it is with this God thing. If, if you're telling us of something magical, that there's this supernatural being out there that can create life and universe and all stuff, we need a lot more evidence besides yeah. I read it in the Bible. That That's yeah. just not good enough. And then you ask me why I okay. would not believe in the, or why I would not worship this God, why I'm so against this God. Um, and that usually uh -huh. comes down to oh, the gods on offer. Right there. Let, me, let me stop you for a second. Let me stop you for a second. Sure, I sure. heard the argument and I do want to address that. Why? But okay. the first yeah. part, on God's existence. Yeah, yeah by all means. Don't uh, let me, don't well, let me overwhelm you like, never, a bunch of different things. Right, right, right. I got you. Well, uh, I guess, uh, how would you explain somebody like me then, who's so sure that he does exist? Um, you, I'm been, assuming you yeah. were, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, you, you've been convinced by a uh, bad argument. Yeah. You have drawn conclusions oh, really? from evidence. Okay. Yeah, you, you have drawn conclusions from uh, experiences uh -huh. that I would say are insufficient to convince me of your conclusion. And, yeah. and let's be very clear, Mike, that's, that's not an insult to you. Yeah. That's that's the state of the being for most people. Um, we live in a culture where faith is considered a virtue and where a lot of people don't understand that you can be a good person without having a religion. Um, and you probably were raised in a Christian household. May, I'm guessing just by you know, probability. You were probably raised either by Christians or around Christians or, or in an area with a lot of Christian churches. Um, and so you were indoctrinated with, with Christian ideology, Christian imagery. I know for sure if you grew up here in America, there's Christian imagery freaking everywhere, and it's really difficult to disassociate from that. So you were brought up in a culture well, and probably you, in a family now. that on. endorsed Christianity. Gotcha. Let me uh, tell you, all of that is wrong. 
Okay. I yeah. discovered the truth of the Gospels on October 6, 1995. It was actually a specific date. I was brought up in a Christian so you, you So you did not grow up in a Christian society surrounded by Christian imagery? Right, exactly. So I was, well, there was imagery, but I didn't believe in God up until that point in time. So the imagery had no effect on it. Right, but I'm just mm -hmm. saying that, like, if See, you were now, born and raised in, you know, Iraq, you probably would have found the, the, the truth of the Quran rather than the truth of the Bible. And if you were born in ancient Greece, you probably would have found the miraculous truth of Zeus around the same time. It's it's a lot to do what with, like, social conditioning and indoctrination. What to, no, what you're trying to suggest is cultural indoctrination, and I'm not subject to anything like that. No, that's not no, it. No, you're immune to cultural indoctrination? So, hold that's on. Cool. I didn't say I was immune to it. I'm saying that's not the reason why I come to understand that the gospel is true and that God is real. Right. What I'm trying okay. to do, what I'm well, trying to do, first of all, well, I want you guys to know something about me. I'm going to be bitterly honest with you. I'm not the kind of person that's going to sit here and try to prove my position by some type of evidence or this and that and the other. The only thing I can do is testify to what I understand is the truth, okay? So if I'm going to be bitterly honest with you, and you're going to tell me everything that you know and your expertise and, and your, everything that you've learned in atheism, then we should be able to prove that I'm wrong. Because if I'm not it's, wrong, then you have to be wrong. Is that right? Am I not no, correct? No, no, no. That doesn't. That's not how that works. No, no. You Go don't, ahead. You oh, don't. It does work that way. Yeah, you. Hold on, no, no, it doesn't. Don't, so you, if, if, you if don't prove a negative. If God is real. Uh, Mike, why don't you wait a minute? I don't know about you guys. Yeah, it's Mike, why, why don't I go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and mute you, Mike, if you won't wait a minute. You're muted, Mike. Um, <clears throat> I want you to go ahead and prove there is not a unicorn in my garage right now. You are unmuted, okay. Mike. Now I'll wait for you. You want me to prove? Okay. You want me to go prove ahead. that there's not a unicorn in your garage? Yeah, go ahead. I don't know if there is a unicorn in your garage. You might have taken a horse and put a horn on him. I don't know what's in your garage. Do I believe in unicorns? No, he, no, mean, he means a real unicorn. A real unicorn. actual, true, you drink its blood, you become Probably immortal. Oh, yeah. It, it yeah. farts rainbows. No, because there's yeah. no such thing as unicorns. Oh, not prove it. Go ahead. There is. Yeah, there, is there is one. There's I've one got in his one garage. In my garage, Mike. Yeah. Come on. Are you suggesting that because I understand God is real that I'm also susceptible to believing in unicorns? Mike, Mike, I don't know why you're no. jumping around. I'm asking you to prove that there's not a unicorn in my garage. Go ahead and do it. I'm not talking about unicorns in your garage. I'm talking about Mike, I'm God. waiting for you I'm to prove wait, there's not well, a unicorn. We are. We're talking about unicorns in my garage. Prove that it isn't there. Why are you guys distracting from the You know, Frank was the first caller. I see exactly where Frank was coming from. Why are you guys trying to distract from the argument? My argument Wait, you, was... You just God said a second ago, you said a second ago that we would yeah. need to prove your God isn't real. That's what you said. You said that we need to prove no, no, your I, God isn't real. Wait, wait. No, no, did. I didn't say that, and I didn't even infer that, okay? What you, I said... You very much did. I we heard you. We were here. Rewind the tape. Hold on. Me, now you're going to cut me off? I, what I said was that I understand that God is real, and I want you guys to tell me and your expertise and your experience how I come to know that. Now, I wasn't raised in church. I'm not highly suggestible. What else do you have? So you you did what you said. And I remember you saying it, man, is that that, you know, and our expertise and our and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. Give us our reasons yeah. why your God isn't real. Yeah. And then that would prove well, you, you wrong that. because you atheists have to prove something, like, something along those people. lines. Go so ahead. like what we're trying to show you is that that's not how that works. You don't prove a negative, right? We're not mm -hmm. going to prove God isn't real because that's a crazy thing to try to do. Yeah. You can't prove there isn't a unicorn in Johnny's garage. You can't prove it for all we know it's real right but yeah. that's not actually a good reason to believe in something you have to mike, have positive yeah. evidence for it. mike you can't have can negative evidence i understand god is real can you understand mike, can you explain to me because you'd be helping me wouldn't you if you yeah, could tell me something that's reasonable i would have to accept it if it's reasonable would i not 
I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to pull argument just for the Mike, sake of doing you've that. made the claim. You've made the claim that God is real. You've is? got the burden. You've got the burden to prove it to us. Otherwise, we're like, we're not convinced. So what is your evidence no, besides you that. know I it's true? Your arguments are wrong. I never, wait, hold on for a second. I never said that I'm the doing a lot of holding, and I'm not wrong. really good at holding said, things. Call I, me Butterfingers <laughs> here. I think, I think you're distracting. I didn't say that the substance of your no. arguments were wrong. I said your arguments themselves were wrong. In other words, you guys put this stuff on television as if someone can actually answer these questions in a back and forth conversation of 250 words or less. You cannot. In order to be able to you understand can. the truth and the nature of the God, no, you cannot. It cannot be done. And only someone who thought that way could not see the truth. What I'm telling like, you is there's something that you don't know and what you don't know is far more important than what you think you do know. Okay. That's basically Mike, what Mike, Mike, Mike hold on. Mike, hold on a minute. Mike, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute, Mike. Hold on. Yeah. Okay. Look, you have asserted that God is real. You know that God is real. The Bible is real. Jesus is real. Holy yeah. Spirit, maybe. Yeah. Okay. So if you know it, I you know. must have reason. So give us your reasons. Yes, I do. Give us your of reasons. I don't care I about the conclusion. Okay. Experiences. Well, now on. we're getting somewhere. I have experience. No, wait, hold, I'm holding on, holding that on. God is real, that I, okay. Yeah, I have experience. experience that tells me, well, I come to understand the truth of God's existence through my okay. experience. Okay. Let's have, let's hear okay. about it. Hear more about it. Now, when you ask, well, hold on. When you ask for evidence, I ask you, what type of evidence would you like? And uh, I still want to know, your, what kind of evidence would you like? Your best one. The your, best yeah, your, one. The best. Top The top most tier. convincing no, one. The one that one. absolutely is unshakable. No, not, not, not what, my best one. No, not my best one. See, that doesn't work that way. I said you. I don't know what it would take for you to believe. I asked what type of evidence would you want to see? Not me. You. So let's start with, let's, because like I could go down that road for a long time, but it would be unproductive. So let, yeah. let's start with what is a form of evidence that you have that I can test and repeat in a laboratory setting to make sure that that's actually what's happening and it's not anything else. Wait a minute. You made a statement saying that God isn't real unless there's some kind of evidence. I just asked you what kind of evidence you want, and now you're flipping it back on me. Do you know what kind of evidence you were looking for? Yeah, so said. like that's you you just asked me what kind of evidence I want. Yeah. I said, give me some evidence that I right. can put in a laboratory setting and test, yeah. like actual evidence, empirical so evidence. Evidence such as what? Like what? So here's the like thing. What? See this? I didn't want to get into this because I feel like it would be unproductive, but I feel like it's, okay. a, it's probably a good idea, is hmm. that here? here's the truth of it, okay? And you're going to, I, I okay. promise you, you're going to want to jump in here, but please just let me finish, um, is I don't 100% know what kind of evidence would convince me that there is a God, because I know for sure that if I were to go show my cell phone to a Neanderthal a couple hundred thousand years ago, they would certainly think that this was magical. And so like, if you showed me, like, if, if, if there actually was, if the clouds parted and God came down, was like, yo, what up? I'm, I'm Yahweh. Um, I wouldn't know that that isn't actually some sort of super advanced technology, maybe an alien, maybe some time travel. It could be a lot of things. Like I don't, I don't know for sure what would rule out every possibility and just leave. It has to only be God. However, you know who does know what kind of evidence would convince me is God. If God is real, then that thing would know exactly what to do to convince me 100%. So like the fact that there isn't evidence that convinces me is more of a failing on his part than mine. Okay. In other words, what you're saying, such evidence would have to be particularized to you so that you understand it, that it is God and not anything else, correct? 
it yes, it would have to be something that I could test in a laboratory and like make sure that it is 100% only this thing. Because that's the whole point of, of, of doing you know science is that you're you're trying to prove yourself wrong. You never accept a hypothesis in science. You fail to reject a hypothesis. And so if you get right. to a point where you're like, okay. I can no longer, no matter what I throw at this thing, it's still standing. I can't go with anything else. Then that's the only time that you move forward with that idea. And you do it until you can knock it down. And so like, if there was such evidence, then sure, I'd be the first one to sit here and say, yes, absolutely, God is real. I would still say I don't I don't like him, but I would absolutely say that he's real. Okay, and then Mike, uh, just right, following right. on you, what Forrest said, following on, following on what Forrest said. Hold on. No, 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 hold on, hold on, Mike, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's, there's two of us, please. Yeah, there's two of us. Um, So Forrest gave you an answer of what would uh be evidence that he would accept. What would be evidence that you would accept that God doesn't accept? God, I can't, I, that would be impossible. I understand impossible. what I understand right now, that that would be impossible. You know what I mean? It would be impossible. So, so, so Forrest is open in your... How can I entertain the idea? Wait a minute. Let me allow me to answer. I'm holding. I'm holding. I'm holding. Affirmatively. Well, if I understand affirmatively that he exists, right, it would be impossible for me to believe otherwise if I understand this. See, this is not just something I know. This is not an abstract belief I form, as you guys would suggest. But this is something that I understand. See, the truth doesn't have to be what you say it is. It's, it's got nothing to do with what I think is true or what I believe. The truth just is. And I just happen to be giving testimony to the truth to you. Now, I know that might seem like a humorous thing, but here's the thing. When I asked you a little while ago what kind of evidence you, you, you wanted, you basically said, tell God to give me evidence that I can test in the laboratory. Now, not only is that a ridiculous idea because God doesn't work that way, I think the answer you're looking for is some kind of proof that lets you know regardless of what everybody else thinks, that lets you know without a shadow of a doubt that that is indeed God and that it is empirically so, so not just with you. Literally the now, exact same that thing true. that I would expect from now, anything else, yes. Yeah. Literally the exactly. exact same so, parameters it's, that I would expect for any on, other thing. On. And you're still living, for us. You're still alive. Forrest, hold on. You haven't lived your whole life. Right. Okay. You haven't lived your whole life, died, been able to take notes, and then come back and turn on the cameras to say for affirmatively so, yes, God does not exist. So to say that I'm going to die an atheist, you don't know that. You have no idea what's going to happen in the future, okay? Just up until this point in your life, you have not been exposed have, to the nature of the truth. I have no have reason to believe that I will be changing my mind. But I'm, again, I'm always open to new information. I, I if there is, that. if you can that. prove this God, yeah, I, I can if you can that, prove but, this God, then I'm into it. I'll yeah. totally, I'll absolutely believe in this God if you can prove it. And yep. then I will be right here on this show saying the exact same things about how evil he is. But I'll believe he's real. Yeah. Mike, you yeah, have an well, understanding. I, can't do that. I don't I don't think any Mike, person can do that. I think that's Mike, impossible. Mike, you have an understanding. You know that God exists, so you claim, and you have an understanding that God exists. And I don't know what the real difference is between the two of those, but I would like for you to present to us the best, the strongest evidence that you have that proves to you that God exists and will listen to your your reason for why God exists, and then we'll we'll ask you some questions about it. That's a lot of times how that works. Okay. So what is the strongest piece of evidence that convinces you that God exists? Now, I'm going to warn you, we've heard a lot of different arguments over the years, and we've probably heard what convinces you before, and it didn't convince us, but Forrest and I have open hearts. And so we're open to hearing it, maybe coming from you, it'll be a different outcome. But unless you give us something very specific explaining, and I'm holding on for you once you do this, I'm going to hold on, give us your best, best argument, your best evidence. 
evidence and we'll listen to it and and then we'll 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 talk about it. okay so enough with the proselytizing or whatever you want to call it just give it to us and we'll have a conversation I was a so go ahead than you i was a bigger skeptic than you both you don't I know how big my skepticism is I've, I've listened to your shows i've listened to you talk i've heard the extent of your skepticism believe me i was a bigger skeptic than you i'm very sadly grounded in reality science okay. not I even though i'm a big science fiction buff but I know how to separate the science from the fiction. So okay. that changed one day. Okay, changed. So I was forced to reconcile what I understood about the natural world with what I just learned about the spiritual realm. Now, I've never heard you guys talk about that. You never talk about how can someone go from thinking one way and all of a sudden think another way? Wouldn't that make me double-minded? I, or did I all of I a sudden say, too. God is great, and that's it, everything else, all logic falls out, everything falls out the door, all science and everything. Is that what I did? No, you you were convinced of something. Too? You were convinced right? of something, but that's still not, the, you haven't given us your actual argument. Because I did the same thing you did in reverse. I used to believe in a lot of magical stuff because that's how I was raised. And then I realized I had a different set of rules for that than I did for literally everything else. And the second I started asking questions about those things, they fell apart. And so now I don't believe in any magical things. And I strictly believe in things that I have evidence for. Um, and I know that there are plenty of other hosts on the show that were very much Christian, that were in your camp, that believed in the Christian God and the devil and all these things, and that now don't because the same reason. They, they asked questions and they fell apart. So like, you don't have to have two minds to just change your mind you were convinced by something i don't know what convinced you you haven't told us what convinced you yeah. yet that's why we keep asking you over over and over johnny again. just asked what's your best argument like just give us that and forrest asked you okay, before I'm that so what is it now you, you, you oh, all right, all right. Up on people and then you we're holding up we're hold mike we're holding we're holding on are you can i talk i told you I, been, I was yeah. a skeptic I be, wait, wait a minute let me finish how could i go from being a skeptic and the next day understanding that God was real. How could that happen unless I was... So, you're, so uh, your reason for believing, just to understand, so just so I understand, we've asked you several times, what is your best evidence that God is real? And so far you've said over and over, I didn't believe in God and then I now believe in God. So your reason for believing in God is that you believe in God? He talked to me. No, he, he talked to me. That's how I'm getting the body of Christ. Okay, I, okay here we go. All, yeah, right. That's, all right, so God God spoke to you. That's that's what you know. I got to let go. My grip is slipping. Okay. So you heard the you voice of God. Off. You just don't know it. I, you don't, you yeah. don't know how off I no, am. Not, I was not, more not, off than you ever were. The Holy right. Spirit. Hold on, hold on. Hold, yeah, right. The Holy Spirit. We're holding the- <laughs> you. That's God's work. Right. The Holy Spirit reveals things through us. Okay. And then that's the way that okay. God speaks to us. So yeah. let me ask you this now, Mike, because like, like Johnny said, we're going to hear your point. And we're going to ask some questions. Like, here's the big question that I have for you is what do you say sure. to every other religion across the world throughout history that also said that Allah or Krishna, or or or, or Bhagavad, or the, not Bhagavad, God, or that I will say the freaking holy book that Allah or Krishna or Quetzalcoatl or or Aya or or whoever else oh, revealed themselves to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Why mm-hmm. don't you believe the people who said mm-hmm. Zeus spoke to me and revealed himself to me in, in all these ways, and then mm-hmm. I wasn't a believer, and now I'm a believer because Zeus showed me? Mm-hmm. Why is that not convincing to you? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, because it wasn't Muhammad or Buddha or Krishna or anybody else that spoke to me, it was through Jesus Christ. And until Muhammad goes up on the cross and sacrifices himself, or Buddha sacrifices himself, or somebody else voluntarily sacrifices himself, those are man-made religions as far as I, I know. 
I'm not a biblical scholar. And all of those people would say, it wasn't Jesus or God that came to me. It was Muhammad or Buddha or Krishna or whoever, even though you don't worship Buddha that way, but whatever. Like, that's yeah, that's well, the, well, they would all say the exact same thing. Too either, did he? And besides, the Quran leads to the Bible. Did Buddha go get sacrificed for our sins? Did Muhammad get sacrificed for our sins? Did any of these other people be religious actually make a voluntary blood sacrifice for our sins? So actually, yes, there are lots of religions that include like sacrifice for other people, um, especially for like humans. There's there's a lot of those, especially like um, uh, South American uh, uh, indigenous religions have a lot of uh, stories like that. Yeah. All right. Check this out, dude. I'm going to cut it short. I'm starting a six part series called The Miracle of Rebirth. I'm going to be making some shows. And we're done. I'm going to go ahead and drop the call there, Mike, because I'm not going to let you sell your stuff here on TV, on our show. But uh, yeah, just over it was 20 minutes, 20 whole minutes of just what's your evidence? I believe it. Right. But why do you believe it's, it? Because it's, it's, I believe it. You got to go through parts one through five before you get to the very end. And then you find oh, out that, that he had the experience. Yeah. Oof. Uh, yeah. Before we move on, once again, we've got some super <laughs> chats. Uh, Mike L.A. Whaley says uh, the mics of the universe denounced this Mike religion for the lack of common sense. Uh, then he also said uh, Mike zero atheist five bazillion. There's a lot of zeros there. Um, let's see here. Uh, Nasisis said Mike evidence in his claim dependent. Uh, just trying to remind Mike that evidence is claim dependent. Um, and then Mike L.A. Whaley came back. You donating a lot of money today. Thank you so much. Uh, said, on behalf of the evolved parts of humanity, we present this gift for Johnny and Forrest, a steak dinner. That's very kind of you to, to send yeah, some super chat cash. Um, also, if you can arrange to be in the Austin area between February 23rd and 26th, please consider joining us for in-studio audience uh, at the ACA Free Thought Library for live broadcast of Secular Sexuality, Truth, Wanted, Talk, Heathen, and the Atheist Experience. Doors open at 6 p.m. on Thursday and Friday at noon on Sunday. Parking is where you can find a legal spot. After a lot is full, it fills up very fast. It's a very small lot. Um, if you can't make it there this month, that's totally fine, because we'll continue to broadcast live from the library the last week of every month. So keep watching the show and watching our website at atheist-community.org for news and information as we expand our in-studio offerings in the future. And speaking of being in the local Austin area, as we said at the very beginning of the show, if you do leave in, live in Austin or if you're Austin area adjacent, uh, we're in need of crew and cast members for the shows. So if you're interested in assisting with video, audio, audio call-in screening, or anything else, uh, you can attend our live call in shows please email us at tv at atheist-community.org and the production team will be in touch with you from now we've already been going for about the full time we've only got about 10 minutes left in the show but we have a million good calls left, and i want to get to like at least one maybe two more johnny what kind of yeah. are you on a time crunch here could you click uh, one i'm not i'm good i'm cool i can keep going um i will be in All the right. studio uh next next month by the way, for those of you who want to you know say hi oh snap that's awesome so. um okay well if it's okay with you then since we have the time mm -hmm. i'm gonna quickly take this call and it'll mm -hmm. be pretty brief um this is emery from california wants to talk about um how we can explain being gender non-binary scientifically emery how are you doing today hi i'm good how are you i'm awesome um so really quickly is there anything particular like was that, is that a pretty good summary you just like uh, what i've got here is just how do we explain gender non-binary scientifically is there anything specific that you wanted to touch on before we like dig into that really quickly yeah so um i'm non-binary i how i identify and um, I've seen like a bunch of your videos. I've watched your stuff. I've saw the sex and sensibility video and stuff. And I've seen a lot of different ways that people explain like transness through, uh, through science and stuff. And I love science. Um, and so first I'm just kind of curious because oftentimes when we have these conversations, it's about, 
um, binary transitions. And um, so I was just firstly wondering what um, type of science and stuff we have behind that. And then um, also kind of what should we do with that knowledge? Because a lot of trans people feel scared when we start talking too scientifically about what transness is, because then we would have to like prove ourselves. We would have to like show this, um, you know, oh, well, we are actually trans or whatever. And like, or um, people could take that knowledge and then try to like convert us and things like that. So um, I guess it's kind of a two-part question about uh, uh, how, what science do we have to kind of explain gender non-binary and then um, what is a good way to kind of deal with that knowledge. Right, right. Um, so really quick, I would just point out like if this, this would be the train of speaking that I would use. Um, number one is that uh, sex and gender are different things, right? They're, they're completely different uh, 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 realms of thinking and, and realms of science. Um, gender is a social construct. It is not a biological construct. You cannot reduce gender down, nor can you uh, assume or, or predict gender from biological sex. Um, and this is something a lot of people get touchy about. And you can point to you know, pick your favorite science book. Joshua, this is this is one that I read on this show before. This is Genetics, a Conceptual Approach uh, by Benjamin Pierce. This is actually the textbook that I used in my undergrad to study genetics. Um, this was you know assigned to me by my university. And it says right here in chapter 4.1, sex is determined by a number of different mechanisms. So it's it's there's not just one on-off switch for, for sex. There's a million different ways that sex is determined, not a single one of which only has two options. Um, and then here it says in this last paragraph, gender is not the same as sex. Biological sex refers to the anatomical and physical phenotype um, of an, oh, sorry, physiological phenotype of an individual. Gender is a category assigned by the individual or others based on behavior and cultural practices, one's gender need not coincide with one's biological sex. So that's that's biology right there. Um, you can also point to anthropology, which is a field of biology because humans are you know animals. Um, I study bioanthropology. Mm -hmm. That's that's you know what I'm got what I do. And here in this anthropology textbook from Oxford University Press by uh, uh, Robert Lavenda and Emily Schultz, um, you've got a whole thing on here about how many anthropologists did some significant research uh, throughout the 20th century that demonstrated uh, that, that uh, culturally shaped gender roles considered appropriate for males and females in a given society could not be reduced to or predicted by the biological sex of an individual. I didn't know that's where I got that phrasing. Apparently, I just remembered that from this book, um, uh, uh, which is whether determined by anatomy, physiology, chromosomes, or anything else. Um, today, anthropologists, along with others, call into question the assumption that human beings come in two and only two biological sexes and that gender roles are built from those sexes and it goes on and on to talk about the difference between sex and gender there. And so like, you know, this isn't like like, I, I'm not going to sit here and say this isn't controversial. Of course it is. It's a politically salient topic, but it's not like scientifically controversial, or at least not as much as a lot of people like. Um, it's this, this is just how things are. And so when you talk then about being non-binary or being, you know, a different gender besides what we would call boy or girl, um, I would then point to the fact that there are countless cultures across history and across the globe that have more than two genders. I'm going to put a link in the chat right now on the YouTubes. You can go to, if you just Google, if you're watching this later on, um, you can look up uh, PBS map of of gender uh, of uh, societies with more than two gender or, sorry map of gender diverse cultures is what this page is called from pbs.org and it's an interactive map that shows 
you know, like a dozen, a couple dozen different cultures from around the world that have more than two genders that have a third or maybe even a fourth gen. Um, and sometimes that includes being trans and sometimes it kind of doesn't. And sometimes, you know, being non-binary is, is something that actually we see being recognized throughout the world. And so like when you're presented with that knowledge and when you're presented with like the archaeological theory of like understanding this, this kind of this ontology of, of gender, you know, um, you either need to decide that either either one predominant cultural idea of gender has steamrolled over the planet and wiped out through genocide and forced conversion all of these other gender ideologies as much as they possibly can, which is something that we have a tremendous amount of historical evidence for. Or the alternative hypothesis is all of these other cultures were just blue-haired liberals and they don't know anything about science. And that just doesn't really seem reasonable to me. So you, you, that was that would be the way that I would present that to somebody. If, if somebody wanted to talk about gender, non-binary gender from a scientific perspective, I would first give them the science scientific facts that sex and gender are different things um and that you know we that it's yeah. currently something that we're you know isn't something that can be built upon just a simple on off switch in any department um and that gender is something that changes from person to person from culture to culture from day to day sometimes it means different things yeah. and here's a bunch of other cultures out there and then i would dig into because it's my field i would dig into the archaeology of, of like gender yeah. and whatnot does that answer your question? Yeah. Or is there more that you wanted to get into? Um, yes. Um, uh, but I think, I think where my question kind of comes from is I've heard um, when you're explaining this to other people who don't really have that understanding, I've heard you um, bring up how people's brains look differently. Um, and oftentimes like trans people will have like, quote unquote, the brain of a woman in a quote unquote man's body. Um, and and like that's the type of rhetoric that's a little bit scary for some people because one that excludes non-binary people and two it's like people can use that then to like oh well let's fix the brain transness isn't natural or whatever the dumb argument they come up with is you know right right uh so like there's way way I, I am not a neuroscientist i've spoken on this briefly in like the ways that i'm able to from my experience um i always recommend this book mm. called evolution's rainbow by dr joan Roughgarden, who goes into some detail about that but also if you wanted to you know this is another thing I'll, I'll put this in the chat again so that people can see it easily and if you want to look it up you can as well you know you can go to youtube and just look up uh, there's a guy named robert sapolsky he's a neuroendocrinologist neurobiologist out of stanford university as is joan Roughgarden, um and he's got a few videos i'm putting one right here on uh, brain gender and and you know kind of the pathway from from chromosomes to gonads to endocrine systems to genitals to to secondary sexual characteristics and how every single bit of that can go haywire and then here's like a 10 year old lecture as well about you know uh, uh, how you know neural architecture tends to differ and and be more representative of what you might expect from a person's gender identity rather than what their genitalia tells um however it is really important the reason why i'm care careful talking about that is because it's really important to remember that there is no such thing as a boy brain and a girl brain it's just like kind of some some minor differences yeah. that we see, um that that we can kind of point to and again can't stress this enough not saying it isn't controversial just saying that there's a lot of good data out there and what we're seeing right now as far as i can tell is that there's there's less of a clash of science versus science and more of a clash of like our scientific understanding of these things clashing with our cultural um and unfortunately there are a lot of yeah. really great scientists who are caught up in the cultural understanding of things and that's that's a, a bold thing for me to say but it's it's the honest truth of what i've been seeing it's just like you know we have um kind of some outdated ideology getting in the way of of modern ideas if that makes sense if i go yeah. any farther with that kind of for line sure. of thinking though however you could power a small city but the, by the the power of my smugness and i don't want to do 
Yeah, for sure. Anyway, that's uh, that's pretty much everything that I would have for for this little section. I just wanted to, you've been waiting for so long, and that's that was a great question. I wanted to get it in there, but like, um, is that does that answer everything for you today, Emery? Um, yeah, I guess my second part of the question was like kind of how uh, like what we do sort of with that, but I think you may have kind of answered that with like um, you know, basically starting with the science and then kind of being like gender doesn't have anything to do with that and stuff like that. But that's, um, that's yeah, the way I would explain it. Like, like as far as what we do with it culturally, I would say we get out of our own way and get out of our ethnocentric little box and start, you know, right. <laughs> stop by the narrow heuristics yeah, no, that we are sure. taught as kids. It's, it's the same reason yeah, why, no, you know, I mean, when, when there, somebody but... goes to, yeah. well, and somebody goes to middle school and they learn, you know, Oh, there's three States of matter. No, there fucking aren't. And it's a lot more complicated than that. There's yeah. a fourth one. <laughs> And you can be, you can have more than one at the same time. You can have a triple point where it's all three of them at the same, like there's, it's a lot more interesting. And you've got this group of people here saying, no, damn it. It's three state. It's only solid liquid or gas. And that's exactly what we're seeing here is <laughs> it's a lot more interesting yeah. than what you learned in middle school. And we've got yeah. a bunch of people saying, no, damn it. I learned yeah. it in yeah, middle no, school. It's like, I, no, there's more than that. And, and the reason why it's different, the reason why there is, well, real quick, Emery. I think the reason why we yeah. look at the three states of matter differently, politically speaking, than the reason why we look at the uh, <laughs> binary structure of gender politically is because, and I think you will look out, look out the window and you will see that we live, at least I do, I know you do as well, in the United States, a country that is dominated by a, um, well, frankly, a, a form of Christianity, one form of Christianity or another that that pretty much controls the narrative, that... that uh, mm-hmm is overrepresented in legislatures across the country and therefore is calling the shot and in in a lot of ways. Although there are many people who are not religious or are not affiliated, we don't see a proportionate number of people in legislatures or executive or even judiciary that, that would reflect that. And so we have a we have those people in large part pulling the strings of culture to push that narrative to keep it going and even yeah. if a person is not overtly religious they unlike i think it was mark who is immune or not immune he said he's not immune but he's not influenced by <laughs> by cultural forces uh we still live we are immersed in the cultural reality that has been set from the past and the culture is changing slowly over time but it's still rooted in i would say a judeo christian uh, past an understanding that has sort of taken hold. And so yeah, that's how you run into atheists who would be like, there's only two genders. And they might have set aside <laughs> the uh, fairy tales of their youth, they might think of it. And they maintain yeah. a blind spot to the fairy tales of their biology teacher, whereas they might not do yeah. the same thing with the states of matter. So uh, we have blind spots. The- uh, theists, atheists are no different in that respect. But um, yeah, I yeah, hope we answered you. Yeah, I think that's, um, yeah, and I think, you know, these conversations are important to have, um, and I appreciate you taking my call and talking to me a bit about that. Thank you so much. And thank you for calling. Emory, I hope you have an awesome rest of your day, and feel free to call back if you have any other questions for us, all right? All right, thank you. Take care. They seem super. Um, okay, so we've got still, like, gosh, we got like four or five callers here, but, like, we're going to do maybe one or two more, because I wanted to get through, mm. through the, they were waiting for so long, and that was such a cool mm-hmm. question that I could tell meant something to them, so, like, um, we're going to move on then to Chris calling in from he, him, uh, calling in from he, him. I read it backwards. Chris calling right. in from New York, pronouns are he, him, said he has a question about the origin of life. Hi, Chris. I'm very dumb. How are you today? 
I don't know what you're talking about. The weather in he him is perfectly warm this time of year. So, so oh man, and you were so close with some of your earlier stuff. And hello, Johnny, as well. Um, but I specifically called her for. Sorry about that. In talking <laughs> with uh, my theist friends, they, it does come up the origin of life and how we go from non-life to living matter. And you were basically, I got more information with your earlier calls than I have so far, but you were so close with it. Mentioning how we have steps one through 200, you know, going through with it. Is there some resource that I could look up to, or maybe you've even done a video or familiar with it that sort of goes through these steps of from the Miller-Urey experiment to the first cells and then going through just so it's easier to explain to them, okay, you go from amino acids to proteins, and then we have this experiment showing it. And then you go from proteins to, and that's in my head, I'm not biologically minded, so so I don't know. So for any lay person that's out there that wants to look this up, this is called the astrobiology primer. It's loose. You print it off. It's like, it's like a hundred pages. It's not really that long. Um, But like it's the astrobiology primer. Um, This is published by NASA. This is version 2.0 that's out right now. They are currently working on another one. Um, One of my friends, Dr. Lena Vincent is actually someone who is working on the the new version right now. She's cool. Um, But anyway, you go through this and that is just straight white paper on the screen there. I'm going to put that away because that's just blinding. But this is, uh, it's a primer into astrobiology. It it tells us, um, it just in very simple terms, explains, you know, what we know about how planets form, about how solar systems work, about how stars make new heavy elements, things like that. And then also everything that we know so far about like how life gets started. Um, And this version was last uh, updated. The the one I have here is in 2016. So even it's like I said, they're updating it. They're putting more stuff out there. But like, that's a super great resource that anybody can go look at and learn just like the the, the general idea of everything we know. Um, and also since 2016, I don't know if they've updated it, you know, as far as like putting stuff, I don't know what version they're on at this moment. Um, you know, we found those other nucleotides, um, those other nitrogenous bases. Uh, I think we were missing like two of them when that was printed, one or two at least. Um, so like we have found more cool stuff. And so like when I talk about the different steps, when you talk about, for example, um, protein, uh, like where those come from, we know that amino acids can self-assemble. We know that they can uh, polymerize that they can they can you know form peptide chains by themselves on the micro droplet uh, edge surface tension of micro droplets of water like the kind of thing you would get from like sea spray um, and we know the cool things that you can do while they're assembled one thing that we're missing in there is that you know most every single organism needs uh, what we call homochiral um, uh, amino acids meaning they all have to be shaped in the right way so when you have um, a carbon with carbon has four bonding sites you have four different things bonded to it when you have each one of those four things is different then it's what we call chiral it's it's you go into what we call stereochemistry, where depending on how you rearrange those four things, what order they're in, the molecule behaves differently. And so you, uh, when you have, you know, the amino acids create life, um, you need homochirality. You need them all arranged in the same particular way. And we don't have a solid abiotic way of doing that, but we know one surely exists because we find it this way. And so like, just because we don't know how it works yet, we know that it does work. We just don't know how. And so that would be like the step two. We know that amino acids, or that'd be like step 18. We know how stars form. We know how these heavy elements form. We know how planets form. We know how these simple molecules that that form amino acids form. We know how the amino acids form. We're missing this little step where exactly how they get to the state that they're in. 
And then we know how the amino acids go on to do protein stuff. And then we know how the proteins do other things. And like, so we have all these steps and we're missing this one. Um, and if you had asked me that 20 years ago, we would have been missing five. And so like, that's just, that's, that's how it works. So that's a good resource for anybody. If you want to go pick that up. Um, and I will look up really quick to see NASA astrobiology primer. And it looks like here's, it's the top link on the, on the Googleies. And here's the astrobiology primer, second edition published in 2016, free download link right there. It looks like it's the same one that I've got. They haven't uh, updated it much, um, but they are working on, as far as I know, version 3.0 right now. So yeah, that's a cool thing that anybody can look oh, up. That's really something I'll look to. And it's, I tried Googling it myself, but I didn't know what terms to look for. And you know, one of those things, I don't know what I, just, I don't know. So I, I figure I just put it in the chat resource, and I'm going to put so. I'm, yeah, I'm going to put the NASA website in the chat too there as well. So you have both versions if you want. But yeah, literally just Google NASA Astrobiology Primer. And here it is, uh, uh, Astrobiology at NASA, Life in the Universe, first edition or second edition. You download it for free. Um, and like I said, it's only, it's not very long at all. You can read it and or cramp, print it out, sit there with a highlighter and just read it through it. That's exactly what I did during, a, it was the middle of OCHEM class when I was supposed to be paying attention to how to how to do friggin' uh, uh, hydroxy acids and things or whatever the hell it was. I don't even remember because I wasn't paying attention because I was doing that. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll let you get on to other callers. Thank you so much for answering my question. You guys have a wonderful night. Hey, thanks so much. And thank you for waiting for two hours to ask that question. I'm so Oof. sorry it took so long. All right. So um, we have a few left, but I'm going to go ahead and like, we're, we're already a little bit over time. So we're going to go for one more. He oh, well, let me read the super chats before we get into the last one. Um, we've got... Uh, Sid Allman says Johnny and Forrest. Oh God, stop moving. Uh, uh, how dare you to ask clarifying questions? The evidence is obvious. Um, uh, Jessica Ashworth says, thanks for the civil discourse and not patronizing callers. I appreciate it. I do miss Matt Dillahunty and watching his goodbye on this channel broke my heart. Uh, I'd like to hear a genuine response from atheist experience. I have no comment there because that's not my response to give. Um, well, I, I'll say this. He's my friend and, uh, we remain friends and I appreciate everything he's done for the atheist experience and wish him best on his future endeavors. I think that's a fine thing to say. He is also a friend of mine. I'll be on his show over on the line network on uh, this following Wednesday. I'll be, I'll be doing the hang up with him. So like, as far as I know, Matt has no bad blood with any of the hosts or anything like that. I don't think there's any, you know, anything that any of us would say that would be worth the time to put on the, um, yep. but uh, yeah. Um, and then we've got, uh, actually that was it. That was the last super chat. It looks like for right now. So we've mm -hmm. got one, we're going to do one more call really quickly. And then this will be the end of the show because we're already 11 minutes over time now. Um, we've got Emmanuel pronouns. He, him calling from Texas. Now I've talked to Emmanuel a few times and gotten nowhere. So Johnny, I would love for you to talk to Emmanuel who says that faith is evidence and scripture is correct. Emmanuel, you're on with Johnny. I'll be here if you need me. <laughs> Hey, Emmanuel, we've spoken before, so oh, why? Oh, to him too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How is faith evidence? And evidence of what? Uh, okay. Uh, by the way, can I can I read a passage? Oh, dear. I don't see why it would be important, but it's yeah. your call, Johnny. Go for how, it. How long is this passage you want okay. to read? Is it three sentences? Okay, 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 thank you. So... Uh, Go ahead. Make hello? it quick. Make it quick. Go ahead. Okay, so, so it says that... Uh, now faith is confidence in in what we hope for and assurance about what we don't what we don't see. 
This is what the ancients were commanded for. By faith, we understand the universe was formed by God's command. Okay. So, uh, and I, my, I just my response, my response to that is cool story. Um, so uh, I don't care what it says written in the Holy Bible. I only care what convinces me. And so that always read to me like a bit of gibberish. So what, uh, tell me how faith is evidence for the existence of God, specifically your God and uh, not okay. any other God. Uh, okay. So um, uh, first of all, I, I would like to say that God admits that there are other gods. That's why he says, don't worship any other gods except uh, for, you know, the God of Israel. So I do recognize that there are other gods. Uh, so you're a polytheist of some sort? No, no, no. Uh, there are different gods, but there's only one creator. So, okay. so what is your evidence God for, in your evidence for that is Your evidence for that is faith itself? No, no, no. Uh, th that's what I was getting into. So <clears throat> how I know that, you know, God is like evidential and the Christian doctrine is consistent and how I know that, uh, you know, everything in scripture that is commanded is like ethical is probably like, you know, how I see society, Yikes. you know. You're kidding me. Everything that's in sorry? that's scriptural is ethical. So I you may you. take you. You this is this is it's like low hanging fruit. So I may <laughs> take my slaves from the nation around me. So watch out, Canada and Mexico. I'm gonna go get slaves. <laughs> and the Bible says that's a okay. You don't write. That's oh uh, okay. So what you just said uh, th that is found, you know, in Exodus 21 and Le Le Leviticus 25 is actually uh, an Old Testament commandment so okay. so for all the Ten you commandments, know, Israel. So yeah, all I'm the sorry. other all the other commandments are Old Testament as well. And <clears throat> isn't Jesus sent to redeem us for original sin? Yeah, because we are all sinners and we are worthy of death. So mm. Jesus came and took the punish punishment that we deserve. How does so that, that work? We could believe how, in how, how does that work? So so um can can I let's say you punch somebody in the face? Can I forgive you for that person? No, is, is that work? No, you can't. No, I can't. Okay, but but Jesus can die for my sin. Yes, because yeah. he's sinless. Oh, okay. Because he's so, sinless. So, so, you cannot that work. Okay, so so like a yeah, baby, work? a yeah. newborn baby yeah. could forgive you for somebody else because they are sinless. Oh, They're one. just yeah. born. They haven't done anything. That's right. Yeah. So like, yeah. You know, two human beings cannot atone for one another because we are all sinners. Oh. That's why the Bible says don't punish the, the fathers for the child and the child for the father's sin. But okay. Jesus is sinless and he never committed sin or he never broke the law. Don't, aren't we punishing children for father's sins and stuff? Because we're all still being punished for like Eve and Adam sin, right? Yeah. No, that's like the uh, whole we reason we're not got, needed. We just got sin from Adam. We're not being punished because of the sin of Adam. We but if I don't accept, but if I don't accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and personal Savior, don't I go to hell? So isn't that a kind of a punishment? Uh, so, so here's the thing, right? So we all we all are going to face the the, the judgment seat of Christ, right? So if we don't believe in I Jesus don't know. Christ, uh, am I? What's your evidence be, that uh, I will, that I'll be facing judgment? Is it in the Bible? Do you have anything outside of the Bible that uh, would establish that I'm going to face judgment? Uh, uh, you're saying I have to give you a scripture that actually says you have to... No, uh, no, I asked and, if you had something outside uh, you know, the Bible to establish that I am going to be facing judgment. Do you have anything outside the Bible or is it all just inside five. the Bible stuff? Second Corinthians 5. What about something outside Out, the Bible? Outside of the Bible. Yeah. Oh, so how I know is it's like... 
you know, I feel guilty whenever, you know, I break God's law. So when I, whenever I commit sin, I have this guilt and conscience. And, you know, I suffer from anxiety and de- depression whenever I commit sin. So I'm sorry that you, you, you know, suffer from anxiety or depression. Sin, I would encourage you to seek out professional help because there's no shame in having anxiety or depression. And I would encourage anyone out there in the audience who deals with these psychological realities to get the help they need. I would say don't turn to religion, but find um, professional help. And uh, there's a lot of a lot of free resources out there that can help you in your time of need. Um, Emmanuel, do you think that the things that you were saying right now is very effective in convincing us that your God is real? Do you think that that's convincing or do you think that maybe you're not doing a good job of convincing us? Johnny, when you commit sin, don't you feel kind of bad? And kind of I don't think I've ever committed a sin in my many years walking this. How, have you ever looked at a woman with lust? Oh, yeah. Um, many time. times. Yeah. Time. Many what, times. What I try not to do it while I'm driving. That? What's that? Yeah. yeah. But what, what does that, uh, you know, what what did Jesus say about, commit? Uh, you know, committing lust? It says, it, uh, uh, I don't really care what, what Jesus adultery. said about yeah. committing lust. Honestly. You remember what Quetzalcoatl said about lust and, and, and all that? Yeah. I'm sorry. Do you remember what Quetzalcoatl said about about lust? The one true God. No. Okay. Yeah. Well, just, so why would it matter? No, I did. Well, watch it's, out. it's just it's a belief system that we don't hold. Why would we care what this person says? Yeah. Why would I feel bad for violating the laws of someone who I don't respect? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Emmanuel. Um, um, it doesn't sound like your God really has a system where I can I can make it. You know, if I make it up to you heaven, let's it. say. I well, well, hang you on a second, it. Emmanuel. Hang on. Jesus, you can make it. Is there is there free will in heaven? No, we don't have free will in heaven. We don't have free will in heaven. So I'm some sort of strange awesome. robot in heaven. That sounds awful. That sounds like yep. no. I I, we, we, I have no knowledge. I must scream in, in by Robert Heinlein. What's that? Yeah, but we don't even have free will in Earth. So why wouldn't we have free will in heaven? So if we don't have free will here, then why do humans do evil things? Why does this murder and genocide and rape and torture and pedophilia happen? Be- be- because God pre- predestined for everything that will happen in the world. So oh. God planned, uh, you know, that we will become sinners so that he could send Christ for our punishment. So if we so were just, not just sinners, to be clear, so never did horrible things. I'm sorry. So just to be clear, God made people rape children mm-hmm. so that he could kill Jesus to forgive them for raping the children that he sent them and created them to rape. Unless no, they no, don't no, believe in Jesus, then he said. gets to send them to hell. But you said that God no, predestined no, everything and all the evil in the world is part of his plan. No, uh, but you just focused on uh, on rape. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think that's a different thing. God do. made Hitler. God made Hitler to cause the Holocaust so that he could forgive Hitler with Jesus. For God so why, loved why, the world that he created that he, that he Hitler. Made G- Hitler. He yeah. made Hitler. Yeah. So, like, what's is that part of the plan? No. Well, okay. Here's the thing, uh, Forrest. I'm I'm not saying doing those things, you know, killing and raping and all the, you know the evil things is uh, good. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we fall 
we have a fallen we have a fallen world so that God could fix by his love and the only way that we could do that is if we believe in Jesus so God's but just a second ago you did say that all the evil things that happen in the world are part of God's plan did you not our world is fallen and it can't uh, I, get up without the, God's the, love. the question that Johnny said because Johnny said do we have free will in heaven and Satan did not have free will in heaven. God actually predetermined his destruction before he made Satan. Cool. How do so you know this if, is true? I, I want to ask a different question. I'm sorry. <laughs> right, sorry. I, I, I want to get to that too. You, I want to get to that too. Forrest, Forrest, you wanna... barely had a chance to talk this entire episode. Go ahead. Take I'm it. so ahead. sorry. I'm yeah, so sorry. Ahead. I just that's, that's such a weird thing to say. I know, and I just I know. have to know. Like if, 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 if you had like, if you had the opportunity to like decide to have children, right? Like if you're like, I'm going to have kids and I'm going to love my kids very much. I am also going to hire Teddy, the neighbor to come commit horrible atrocities so that my children will be convinced to join him so that I can sacrifice the dog. And that's the only way that I'll love my kids again. Like why bake all that into the sauce? You know what I mean? Yeah. Why is that part of the plan? Why is, is, is taking away free will yeah. and making bad things happen and creating Satan and having the fall of the world and all that all necessary to get to the end goal of attempting to undo all that bad shit and doing a terrible job at it. Why is it, how does that make any sense? Yeah, that, that's why Paul says uh, the, the love of God is oh, a mystery because yeah. Bible again. The Bible, yeah. That Bible. Sorry, okay, you know, no, but Johnny, I promise I'll shut up. I promise no, no, I'm, I'm teasing you, of course. You did a wonderful no, job. Funny. I couldn't answer those questions. Are you kidding me? Um, but oh. Emmanuel, um, how do you know that any of this is true? You kind of just um skip over that part. Why do you believe that any of this stuff is really real in the really real world? Because I don't. Uh, and and uh, what are you seeing that I'm not seeing? Oh, uh, so here's the thing. So I was not a Christian uh, for a very long time. So I backed from Christianity when I was like 14 or 15. So I became really, really doubtful and skeptical of my beliefs. And I said, this got to be a, a made up thing, even though I was like raised in a religious household and all of that. But uh, when I stopped being a Christian, I started, you know, committing a lot of sins. And when I start committing a lot of sins, I uh, I felt a lot of guilt. So sin? When I was like listening to the gospel. Okay, I'm sorry. Emmanuel, you, you didn't believe in any of this Jesus stuff. And then you started committing a lot of sin. What were some of the sins that you committed? Like if you're, uh, if you're open to sharing. You committed lust. In, in, what was what was the lust that you committed? I want to know more about this lust. Um, I think our viewers at home want to know more about the lust committed. Was it in your mind or were you sleeping uh, around? No, I, I was not sleeping around. I, I, it was just like when I was when I was at school. Uh, you know, mm. I, uh, when I was a teenager in my high school. They used to bring like some pictures and the pictures were kind of like explicit. Explicit pictures. And that was the sin that you, yeah. you committed. Did you ever turn uh, toward other people in a disrespectful way such that you used them rather than uh, treated them with um, respect in your sexual activity in a way that was not? No, 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 no. I, I, I would never do that. Uh, Emmanuel, I I remember talking to you on Talk Heathen not all that long ago, and um, I remember thinking at the time that you've got a lot of things going on with your own journey through life and your own 
take on the reality, the, the metaphysics of the world. And, and I have to say, nothing you've said has convinced me that um, God is real, that sin is real, that the Bible is a trustworthy source of information, and that I need to worry about uh, hell and damnation. Uh, so do you have one last thing you'd like to give me? What's what's a reason that I should believe? And don't quote the Bible because it's not going to work. But what do you have? Do you have some other thing that maybe you have in mind that would help me uh, believe what you believe? Yeah, uh, I mean, you, you could like, okay. if you believe in the Lord, Jesus, uh, Jesus Christ. I, I don't. think you could receive the I baptism don't. of the I Holy don't. Ghost. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, but Sorry. if you do, he would give you an evidence. Be a lot cooler Ghost. if you did. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, thanks. So just thanks. to be, okay, okay, just were to you be a clear. Christian? Yeah. Hell Christian? Oh, yeah, I was. Oh, for Oh, what type no, of I was never a Christian. No, I, I just I'm interested in what you just said a second ago, that if we believe, then we'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit and we'll have evidence yeah. that way. So so yeah. if we don't believe, we go to hell. Hell awaits if we don't believe. But in order to have the reason to believe given to us, we first need to believe. Need to believe. Yeah. So you have to believe yeah, it in order to know why you believe it. And if you don't believe it because you don't have a reason why you believe it, then you burn for eternity. That sounds like a dumb yeah. plan. Yeah, I think. Yeah, would you would you like take yeah. out a car loan or anything? Would you like take out a loan on a car or a house if they're like, we'll tell you the interest rates and everything after you sign the paperwork. And otherwise, we're just going to start taking money from your account. Like, would that make sense? No, that wouldn't make sense. But of course, I, I, I never said uh you know uh murder and you know all of this atrocious things like rape uh, you know child rapists and all of it I, I i never said it was correct and you know god loves to we never said you did say said, that yeah we never said you did say that okay, okay. Forrest, i have I, i'm yeah. i'm good okay i have yeah. one more quick question before we wrap up yeah um yeah because like oh my gosh i could go all day with this but like it, it won't get anywhere no. emmanuel i have one more question for you and I, actually it's two more questions okay um, the first one's very brief, very brief. Do you okay. think that you calling us, cause you've called us here. You've clearly talked to Johnny before. <laughs> you've called me a couple of times over on the line on Jimmy's shows. Um, do you think that what you're doing is helping us maybe get closer to believing? You? Yes, because you know, the, uh, the Lord, uh, Jesus, you know, spoke to me some, uh, a while ago. And, uh, you know, he said that I don't have a lot of time, uh, you know, to right, be right. in this body. So I agree with that for the rest of my life. I'm sorry. I agree with that. I'm, I'm 30 years old. Average human lifespan in this country is around 80. So I've already used up almost half the time that I've got. I've got a lot of work to do in a very little bit of time. That's part of the reason why yeah. I'm here trying to help people on the internet. Um, but like, here, here's the thing that I want to know. It's cause I understand where you're coming from. What I want to get clear to you is that like, I don't, I don't want to be a dick. I'm not trying to like laugh at you or anything like this. I know I've been smiling this whole time because I think that what you're saying is pretty silly. What you're saying, not only are you not convincing me that this God is real, you're actually, if it was possible to push me further away, you'd be doing it. like yeah. what you're saying sounds horrible to me. It, it's awful and it doesn't make any sense. It sounds absolutely evil. I want nothing to do with it. So every time you call in, 
if it were possible to make me more of an atheist, you would be doing it. So my yeah. second question is, if this God is real, if this God really is real and really does want to save my soul and convince me of his existence, everything, why would he send you? Oh, that's a good question, because God uh, always manifests with people, so he sends out people. He doesn't actually reveal himself to the world. Well, it's just so make people who are doing a really, God. really, really bad job. Yeah. Like I, like I said, what you're doing here, you are you are very strongly convincing me this God is not real and that belief in this God is 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 silly. You are making this sound less and less appealing every time you call in. So why would God send somebody that is actively making me not believe in him and not want to believe? Yes, because because you know the wisdom of God is like foolishness to us as a uh, you know as a carnal beings. You know that the checks out. I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Emmanuel, long days and pleasant nights. Yeah, man. We're, we're going to let you go. Thanks so much for calling in, as always. Um, Thank you. Thank you. With that, yeah. With that, because, um, like, man, every single sentence out of that guy's mouth could be a 30-minute call. Um, with that, we've got one last super chat here. Uh, there's a couple, actually. Um, James Call says, homochirality was my OCHEM professor's proof of God. Step four for him. And then just as I was saying that, me and my human said, thank you for continuing to fight the good fight. Keep up the great work. Cheers. Thank you all so much for your chats is a very kind of you um with that thank you so much everybody for tuning in for being here today especially if you stayed late i know we went about almost about 30 minutes over time so thank you so much everybody who tuned in and stayed late and listened to everything please visit our website at atheist-community.org for the latest on what's been happening and feel free to contact us at tv at atheist-community.org it has been amazing hosting with you johnny this is the first time you and i have met first time you and yep. i have worked together i know most of this show was me rambling i'm sorry about that. no you weren't rambling you were doing a great job well thank you i thought you did amazing as well Here, you're doing good, buddy. You're good yeah. job. I, no, I learned I a lot. I think you did fantastic as well. I, as I, 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 I love your audience. I learned how much I don't know about this kind of stuff. And I know that a lot of people in our audience doesn't either. And so <clears throat> you've given them a lot to read and learn about both our callers and our viewers. So that's fantastic. Well, I hope to work with you again someday, man. Yes, uh, really yes, quickly, uh, where can people find you? Um, you know, talk heathen, AXP, around. Lovely, lovely. Around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can you can find me here and, and also on other shows and also on my own network, uh, YouTube channel and all those things. Find me on the YouTubes and the TikToks. Talks, just go to valkylabs.com and it'll link you to everything that's important. Um, and with that, uh, you know, just, just to round off the show after Emmanuel's call, uh, I'd like to steal a line from Christy Powell. Everybody, get out there and give yourself a big old orgasm, or better yet, give somebody else one. In lust, we trust. Have an mm. awesome rest of your day and never stop learning. Bye bye. Have you ever wanted to be a host on an ACA show or be the one calling the shots behind the scenes? Are you in Austin, Texas or at least Austin adjacent? Well, on Saturday, February 25th, make your way down to the Free Thought Library because we'll be holding open auditions for show hosts and orientations for prospective crew members. For those wanting to be hosts, you'll be able to sit in the studio where our shows are broadcast and we'll put you through your paces to see if you can be one of the new personalities of the ACA. For future 
crew members, you'll get hands-on experience using the equipment used for broadcast and will help us record the host auditions. If you've ever dreamed of being part of the ACA Productions, then this is your chance to show us what you've got. This event is free. For more information and registration, visit tiny.cc slash ACA Auditions.